Who was the most interesting person you interviewed on your podcast and why? That's the question people usually ask after hearing I've interviewed over 100 of the most successful web entrepreneurs in history for this podcast. So that's the question I'm going to dive into on Startup Gold. It's my attempt to extract some of the most interesting and important lessons from the 100 interviews I've conducted for webmasters. Are you ready for the lesson? Then let's get dialed in. I'm Aaron Dinan, your host. I'm a serial entrepreneur and I teach entrepreneurship at Duke University. By the way, if you missed the last episode, Startup Gold, episode number one, and you're not quite sure what we're doing here, be sure to go back and listen because it's where I explain the shift in how we're doing things here on Webmasters for at least the next few episodes. The TLDR, or rather TLDL, too long, didn't listen, I guess, is that 100 interviews with successful entrepreneurs is an overwhelmingly long large collection of conversations. Before creating any more, it seemed important to dig back through the archives and try to pull together some of the most important lessons into a more concise format. That's what we're doing today by thinking through that question about who was the most interesting person I've ever interviewed and why. But before I get to that, give me a quick minute to thank this podcast's sponsor. Webmasters is being brought to you with help and support from Latonas. Latonas is a boutique mergers and acquisitions broker. They help people buy and sell cash flow positive internet businesses and digital assets. In other words, they help sell internet businesses, everything from SaaS apps to e-commerce stores that already have valuable customer acquisition processes in place. And that's critical because that's the hard part of building a business, customer acquisition. Imagine being able to buy a business that already has customers, lots of them, and a process for getting more. That's exactly what you can do by heading over to the Latona's website, where you'll find listings for all the established profitable companies Latona's is currently helping to sell. Oh, and uh, by the way, if you're someone who's already done the hard work of building a profitable business with lots of customers and you're thinking about selling it, be sure to reach out to the Latona's team so they can help you get it sold for a great price. Either way, looking to buy an internet business or looking to sell one, make sure you get started by heading over to latonas.com. That's L-A-T-O-N-A-S.com. So, who was the most interesting person I've interviewed on Webmasters? I'm sure you won't be surprised when I tell you I don't have a good answer. So many of the people I've spoken with were wildly interesting and for wildly different reasons that it's impossible to place one person above everyone else as the quote-unquote most interesting. Instead, rather than focusing on the most interesting person, when people ask me this question, my mind usually jumps to the most interesting stories I remember. And the most interesting stories, well, they're not necessarily the most interesting because they're better or worse than other stories. Instead, for me, the most interesting entrepreneurial stories are the ones that stick out in my mind because they helped me personally realize something about entrepreneurship that I hadn't previously understood or considered or otherwise appreciated. To be fair, plenty of stories still fall under that category, and it's nearly as hard to pick just one, but there is one story I can never seem to get out of my head despite having recorded it over two years ago. It's the story of Jason Olam and CD Now. 
CD Now is a company most people haven't heard of. As a result, Jason's episode hasn't been listened to as much as some of my other episodes with guests who have built more prominent companies like, say, Etsy or Vimeo or Craigslist or Hotmail. You know, those big names you hear everywhere. But that's also a huge part of why the story of Jason and CD Now is so memorable. For me, it's partially a reminder that for every company that's obtained some sort of semi-permanent status in the entrepreneurial zeitgeist, there are hundreds of CD Nows that we've never heard of. In a way, that makes the story of CD Now more important than the stories of companies that quote-unquote succeeded, at least in the more standard sense of the word, because we want to avoid what the failed companies got wrong. So let's see if we can figure out what went wrong for CD Now. As the name of the company suggests, it was a website for purchasing CDs, as in compact discs, you know, those old shiny plastic discs that held music. Well, I realize most people listening to this know what a CD is. You know, some of you don't, which is actually kind of crazy for those of us who lived during a time when CDs were basically ubiquitous. But that's a different discussion for a, a different day. The reason Jason Olam and the story of CD Now sticks out in my head is because CD Now basically pioneered e-commerce and it should have become Amazon. Seriously, if you go back and listen to Jason's episode, he talks about the lead he and his team had on every other e-commerce platform. I mean, CD Now literally invented the digital shopping cart. They were the pioneers of an entire industry that we take for granted today. And they were huge. They were a public company doing millions in sales and building offices around the world. So why didn't they become Amazon? Well, Jason actually explained it to me. Myopia. We had a hammer and everything was a nail to us. We didn't see all of the other opportunities that were ancillary to and easily, easily accessed. But, you know, neither did anybody else, you know, so we missed so many great opportunities. Amazon got it. I mean, Jeff Bezos, he said, um, I'm going to be the first store to get to a billion dollars within five years. And he did. So he saw himself as coming along to replace Sears, who took a uh, hundred years to get to a billion dollars. And there was Walmart took 20 years to get to a billion dollars and Amazon was going to get there in five years. And so he got it. He figured that out. He, he started with books, but he figured it out around the same time that we went public, that it was a bigger play. According to my conversation with Jason, the reason CD Now didn't become Amazon is because they got so focused on the narrowness of their market, specifically music, that they didn't see the opportunity to go broad like Amazon and bring e-commerce to all sorts of other markets. Basically, CD Now won the e-commerce opportunity before anyone else in the entire world. They'd created a huge base of customers who were comfortable buying online, and with this kind of competitive advantage and industry lead, CD Now should have started selling its customers customers lots of other things beyond the realm of music. Doing so would have expanded their company outward into a trillion dollar business. Instead, Jason and CD now went narrow. They kept focusing on music and music related things. And what happened as a result? Well, they got beat by Jeff Bezos and Amazon who recognized the broader opportunity. Yes, Bezos started with books, just like Jason started with CDs, but for Bezos, books were the obvious jumping off point to more products, whereas for Jason, CDs and music were the apparent endgame. 
why didn't Jason take the obvious path of going outward into other markets beyond music? Because the pathway toward entrepreneurial success isn't necessarily as obvious as the success stories from podcasts like this one would have you believe. That's the critical lesson here. Podcasts like Webmasters share the stories of successful founders, and those stories make the process of success sound like some sort of clearly defined path. Sure, it might be a hard path to follow, and sure, it might take a quote-unquote great entrepreneur to follow it, but the path appears to be obviously there and followable, right? Um, yeah, not quite. For me, the story of CD Now is a crazy reminder that for every Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg we hear about, we have to wonder how many Jason Olams are out there. How many founders were on the cusp of entrepreneurial greatness but zigged when they should have zagged and that was the end? Obviously, we can't ever know the answers to these type of what-if questions, and, and that's fine. We don't need to live in any sort of hypothetical reality. However, if you're building a company, it could be worth taking a closer look at a story like Jason's and asking yourself what kinds of moments might lead to the fatal decisions that ultimately turn startup triumph into startup bust. For starters, in the case of Jason and CD Now, his story is a great reminder of the challenges associated with the concept known as first mover advantage. Mind you, in the entrepreneurial world, lots of people like to brag about getting to a market before anyone else, the so-called first mover advantage, but Jason makes a pretty compelling case for why first mover advantage isn't nearly as great as most people believe it is. We would definitely talk about first mover advantage. I don't think I necessarily felt in my bones that first mover advantage was a thing because we had to solve problems every day. <laughs> and I think I made a joke more than once that, um, you know, it's the pioneers who get shot in the back. It's easier in many ways to be a fast follower. And there were followers. There were people who, who tried to do what we did with uh, coming at it with more money or a different approach. But we maintained our leadership until eventually Amazon took over. For the record, Jason wasn't the only entrepreneur I spoke with who mocked First Mover Advantage. Another conversation that sticks out in my mind was with a gentleman named Gary Kremen. He founded Match.com, and he said something very similar. I have kind of a short attention span, so I jump around. The good news is I've jumped to some great fields, but unfortunately, I'm usually too early. You know how it is. The pioneers get arrows in the back, and the settlers get the land. I've gotten better, but there's only been a couple times where I've gotten the land. Usually I get the arrows in the back. What these entrepreneurs are telling us is that first mover advantage is dangerous. It's dangerous because you're the first startup having to figure everything out as you go. As a result, you're gonna be so wrapped up in the dangers of trying to figure out how to do everything that you're rarely going to have the clarity and scope to sit back and recognize the full opportunity in front of you. That seems to be what happened to Jason and CD Now. With hindsight, we can, of course, look back and see that he should have pushed the company to expand its offerings beyond music. But in the moment, he and his team were so busy inventing things like digital shopping carts and teaching people how to use them that they couldn't focus on what we might call, quote unquote, the bigger picture. The result was missing out on what became quite literally a trillion dollar opportunity. Yikes. 
Now, to be clear, it's not like Jason and CD Now were failures. They grew into an international company. They went public and you know, all those incredible things, yeah, meaning CD Now had a good run. Regardless, if you could choose between having started CD Now or having started Amazon, which would you choose? Yeah. Exactly. I know which one I'd choose. I'm pretty sure you'd choose the same. And that's why Jason Olam and the story of CD Now sticks out in my mind whenever someone asks me to name the most interesting person I spoke with. It's not that Jason was necessarily the most interesting person, though I do remember seriously enjoying my conversation with him. It's more so that my conversation with Jason about CD Now always makes me wonder how many thousands and thousands and thousands of other Jasons are out there. And what could be learned from talking with all of them? After all, the entrepreneurship stories we usually hear are the stories about successes. But I'm a huge believer in learning from failure. How do we get more of those failure stories into the public? To be honest, I have no idea. After all, who's going to listen to a podcast about failed startups? But maybe I'm wrong. Heck, if you want more startup failures, let me know. You can find me at my website. It's AaronDinnan.com or find me on all the socials, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever. I'm always at Aaron Dinnan. A quick thanks again to Jason Olam for having taken the time to share his story and the story of building CD Now. And a thanks to my sponsor, Latonas. Remember, if you're in the market to buy or sell an internet business, be sure to check out latonas.com. And for more startup advice from some of history's most successful internet entrepreneurs and some failed ones too, be sure you're subscribed to Webmasters and check out our archives of incredible conversations, which has plenty to keep you entertained until we release our next episode. Until then, it's time for me to sign off.